coming up on Locked On Dodgers, uh, that was not a fun game to watch and uh, not a great result for the Dodgers. The Bracks are against the wall. They're facing elimination and need a win two against the Giants. We're going to talk about some decisions made in game three, some decisions upcoming for game four, and a little bit about some weird weather at Dodger Stadium. That's what's coming up, so keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day and a reminder that we're free and available on all platforms. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and this is Locked On Dodgers, as I mentioned. Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essentials right here with me, and yeah, the Dodgers dropped game three. They did not score a run. There was a lot of weird things that happened, and the Giants played good defense, and overall just was too much for the Dodgers to overcome on a night when they probably had the biggest advantage of any game in the series. Jeff, did I sum it all up uh, as, as well as I could? Uh, no, you didn't say the word stupid even once, and so uh, I feel like your description was incomplete. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit incomplete there without that description. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a little bit just about Game 3. Um, there's you know not too much to, to dive into. There wasn't too many decisions that were made. It was just one of those things. We'll talk a little about the weather, talk a little bit about you know, just general musings about the game look forward to game four and then put together a path for the dodgers to win this series uh which is a little bit more than just offense score runs but not so much more than just offense score runs uh so let's get right into it uh yeah jeff max scherzer wait what i asked for yesterday was seven innings for max scherzer one from blake china and one from king jansen that's exactly what the dodgers got but yet here they are in a 2-1 deficit so this is your fault is what you're saying yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, Scherzer gave him everything they could have wanted. Basically, uh, he struggled a little bit in the first inning. I think because of the weather, he actually got blown off the off the mound at one point. Uh, you know, and uh, struggled to find his command. After that, he settled down and was dominant. He made one bad pitch after the first inning. Unfortunately, Evan Longoria Longoria put that pitch over the wall in left field. And other than that, Scherzer was great. Trinan was great. Jansen was great. Everything was great. Uh, I mean, the Giants only had what three hits the whole game. It was a a dominant pitching performance by the Dodgers. Uh, one run, allowing one run is almost always enough for the Dodgers to win the game. Uh, but the offense did not get it done this time. Yeah, 14 strikeouts on the pitching side. I mean, they thoroughly dominated other than that one pitch. Uh, Max Scherzer left a no two fastball, probably a little bit too much over the plate. Not, I would assume he was going for the high fastball, just missed his spot a little bit, and that was all it was. It was a weird night at Dodger Stadium. The win was ridiculously crazy. I've never seen the win like that at Dodger Stadium. That's was everyone was tweeting about, everyone was talking about. Uh, the broadcast definitely brought it up a lot, and you would hope that it wouldn't play a factor, but you know, just based on what we saw and a couple of balls hit by the Dodgers, uh, it definitely did play a factor. I mean, the Giants didn't have too many that, that hit the warning track. Uh, they didn't really you know, put up a threat on offense. The Dodgers did put up a threat, did have a bunch of balls that – Either were hit hard enough to be home runs on most nights, were hit hard enough to be in the gap most nights, or just a couple of that were more defensive, good defensive plays and good defensive positioning by the Giants. So frustrating on that end, you know, the Dodgers expected batting average was around 300, which is 
unheard of to not score a run when that's your expected batting average, but it was just one of those nights. And, uh, you know, just namely the the big one there in the ninth inning with Gavin Lux, he thought he got it uh, he, off the bat. He threw his hand up. Everyone else thought he got it. And like I said, pretty much every other night at Dodger Stadium, that's a home run. But last night it just didn't happen to be a home run. Yeah. Did you see Jeff Passon's tweet about that one? I did not. Uh, Gavin Lux hit the final pitch of the game, 106.9 miles an hour at a 22-degree launch angle. Batters this season on balls hit in that range were 55 for 62 with 38 home runs. Uh, and the Dodgers had four hits like that this year. All four of them were homers. So Of course. Yeah, it was, you know, and, and somebody on my Twitter made the point, which is a good point, that expected batting average, all that stuff goes out the window with the weather like it was. It's weird. We... This is definitely the first time in the in the five years you and I have been doing podcasts together that the weather at Dodger Stadium has been a topic of conversation. You know, that's the point of having a team in Los Angeles is that the weather is never a topic of conversation except, wow, it was hot today. You know, uh, why did the stands look empty? Because everybody was in the shade. That's the only time we ever talk about the weather about Dodger Stadium. But this this wind was ridiculous. And the fact that the the Dodgers had a righty on the mound and the Giants had a lefty on the mound uh, meant the Dodgers had had stacked their lineup with right-handed hitters. And I think it probably changed their approach a little bit uh, to be playing in that wind, all these righties knowing that any fly ball hit to left, unless you're Evan Longoria, apparently is going to get knocked down by the wind. Uh, you know? And so I, I don't know if it did change their approach or not, but it definitely uh, the, the wind was not anybody's friend. And, and to be fair, the giants had a couple really hard hit balls that turned into outs too. This was not, you know, uh, I noticed some people on, on Twitter misunderstood what I was saying, talking about these expected batting averages. I'm not saying it's unfair to the Dodgers. I'm not saying any of that. It's just that, you know, most of the time when you hit the ball the way the Dodgers did tonight, you score at least three or four runs. And tonight they didn't. Yeah, and it, it's great how the game started and how the game ended. The conversation just really changed. Early on it was the weather when it first started, but then it, it quickly changed to the umpire with Max Scherzer maybe getting a little bit more generous of a strike zone than Alex Wood was, but, uh, you know, Alex Wood was throwing more strikes in the zone anyways, so that's not sure that, you know, that's not on anyone's fault, but then kind of shifted back to, like I said, the Dodgers hitting a couple that probably stayed up a little longer because of the wind or got held up because of the wind. Uh, you saw the outfielders running back a few times on both teams and then ended up running forward to make the catch, so it's just weird, man. Like this, this never happens. October's usually been a pretty warm month at the ravine, especially in recent years. I mean, you can remember 2017 world series game one was like 95 degrees or, or whatever it was. And, you know, we've seen a few home runs in recent years, not go over the wall. Cody Bellinger in 2017 world series, uh, Will Smith in the 2019 NODS, but it wasn't because of wind. It was just because whatever it was, the Dodger stadium, the yeah, thick air, whatever, uh, and this one happened to be because of it, and it, it sucks. Uh, but those are the conditions. Both team played under them, and you know maybe the Dodgers should have hit one one ten off the bat instead of one oh six point eight off the bat, whatever Gavin Lux's was. Yeah, and, and you know it, it is the game. It's the same game for both people. Uh, to be fair, they did have one that was also one oh eight point two off the bat that turned into an out, and one oh seven that turned into an out. So uh, lots of that bad luck on hard hit balls. Uh, but you know, yeah, it, it is the same game for both teams. And unfortunately it worked, be worked out better for the giants tonight than for the Dodgers. 
Yeah, lineup-wise, real quick, we'll, we'll touch on it. Uh, I think my only quibble with the lineup was Will Smith batting eighth when he's usually one of your better hitters and, you know, better at-bat takers at the very least if he's not hitting. Um, I'd like him to have more at-bats, not less at-bats, but the seventh spot in the lineup did produce a few hits. Um, and I don't know some people were quibbling with, with Seager and Turner being flipped at the top. I don't think that matters too much. I think my only thing was I would like to see Smith a little bit higher. But uh, other than that, I mean, nobody really hit, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and Smith didn't hit lefties as well this year as he did righties. I, I think that's part of it probably. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the lineup here, you know, Smith did have a hit, and uh, I don't know that that hit would have been better utilized somewhere else in the lineup because it happened to come after another hit, you know. And so uh, where he was batting ended up actually being where you would want one of your best hitters uh, because it was the only spot that had guys on base in front of it basically for the whole night. Yeah, that's true. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about game four, just some decisions the Dodgers have to make, and you know, just general talk about game four as the Dodgers uh, now sit with their backs against the wall. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why would you want to head to a store, face some questioning about things you may not know or people you don't want to deal with, and the person, all they're going to do is just order the part on the computer and get it either shipped to the store, maybe shipped to you. I don't know how they how they do it over there because I don't go there. I go to rockauto.com, and I know at rockauto.com I'm going to order it, and that part's going to get it delivered right to my front door or patio or whatever you get your things delivered. You can also save time and money with Rock Auto because you can spend up to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership than you can from rockauto.com. You'd also be supporting a family business that's been serving people online for over 20 years with reliably low prices for every single customer, not just those that work at mechanics or those that are mechanics or work at car dealerships. So go to rockauto.com, explore their easy-to-use website today, and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we're back and just want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every day. We are here every Monday through Friday, every morning just for you and free and available on our platforms, podcast platforms, and YouTube as well. All right, Jeff, so game four, the Giants have announced uh, Di Sclafani as their starter. I don't remember his first name, so I just went last name. The Dodgers have not yet announced who their starter is. Tony Gonson was expected to be the starter or Bolt guy uh, at the very least. Now there's rumblings of Walker Buehler by, not by Dave Roberts, but he did say anything's on the table, but rumblings of Walker Buehler just based on the fact that the Dodgers are in a do-or-die situation. Walker Buehler has never thrown on short rest in his professional career. And I talked about it a little yesterday, and I said if they do lose game three, I think you have to go with him in game four. I think that's what I said. But uh, I don't know if, I, if that's not what I said last night. That's what I'm saying now. But I don't know what capacity I want to see him in. Yeah, it's tough because with the length that they got from Scherzer today, they have a very well-rested bullpen. You know, Jansen and Trinan are the only relievers who've pitched at all in the last two days. And so, and neither of them had stressful outings today. And so basically the whole bullpen's available. And with Anthony DiSclefani pitching, uh, you would expect, uh, it's all right, I don't know Webb's first name. So uh, with uh, with him pitching, you would hope that the Dodgers offense can show up. And in a way, it might be more, go, uh, you know, 
more do or die approach to go with the, you know, the bullpen game or the, you know, say, okay, Gonsolin, you're going through the order one time and then we're going to use everybody except David Price, uh, you know, because basically all our good relievers, we're, we're going to use them all and, and go for it because then you got the day off the next day. And so everybody would be available that then again on, on whatever day that would be Thursday for game five. Uh, and that would include both Bueller and Julio available there. And so you really could go all hands on deck. Uh, um, obviously you, you might not want to go all hands on deck if you don't have to in game five. Uh, but you know, you got to get to the NLCS before you worry about who's pitching for you in the NLCS. And so I go back and forth. I, I've thought about this a few times, you know, uh, all afternoon really about which is the more do or die approach going with Bueller on short rest or going with the, the bullpen game and just saying, we're going to throw all these really good arms at you and counting on the offense to show up. You know, last time the Dodgers got shut out by the giants, they scored nine runs the next game. Uh, I, I don't think that pattern is going to necessarily continue that they're going to get the nine runs, but you would think if they can score nine runs in a game started by Kevin Gosman, they can s- score five ish in a game started by Anthony DiScofani, you know? You would hope so. And for the most part, they got to do so funny the entire season, except for the last time they faced them, where I think he went like six shutout or whatever it was in San Francisco. So, yeah, I, I, it could go either way. And and in terms of what's the more do or die approach, I think going with your guy on short rest is a do or die approach. We've seen it with Clayton Kershaw when earlier in his career when you know the Dodgers would use him on short rest multiple times uh, in a row. So, I think it's one of those where it even could be you do start with some bullpen guys and you see how the offense is going. And if the offense puts up some runs, you know, maybe you try to, I don't know. I think it's hard to to envision a scenario where you lose game four and you don't see Walker Bueller because unless you lose another one zero game, it's just kind of like, man, you didn't go out with your best or you didn't go out trying with your best. And and I can see both sides of, of the argument for sure. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm, it's hard because we've never seen Walker Bueller on short rest, but you know you've never seen anyone on short rest until they actually do it. And the fact of the matter is that pitching hasn't been the biggest issue. I mean, four runs in game one, which was when Bueller pitched. But the other part is that the offense. If you end up burning Bueller and the offense doesn't score, and then now you're in a close game late late in the game, and you got your bullpen guys going, and you don't know which way it's gonna go, so. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm glad I'm not Dave Roberts in the in the staff right now because I have no idea what I want to do. Although, like I said, it, it's hard for me to not see Bueller getting time in Game Four because just the thought of them losing and not having Bueller is just I don't know. That's the that's the main thing that sits on my mind. Yeah, and any decision Roberts makes is going to get second guessed for sure, uh, and that's the nature of being a manager. Uh, for me, the question becomes. Is Bueller your best when he's on short rest? You know, he gave up three runs when he wasn't on short rest. Is he your best option? And, you know, hopefully the offense shows up and it's kind of an academic decision. Okay, who who cares who started? The Dod- the offense showed up and the Dodgers won. That's basically what happened in game two. Julio pitched a great game. They didn't need a great game. They needed a, you know, the, if they had known ahead of time, they could have pinched, pitched Gonsolin in that game, you know. But the problem is you, you never know how many runs you're going to score. And so I, I think right at this moment, I'm more inclined to go with the, the bullpen game approach and then have the double barrels of Bueller and Julio available in game five. I, I feel like that's 
probably in my mind, giving it your best, throwing your best at them. I think that's that what gives you the best chance of winning. And that part, I mean, it makes sense because they've thrown bullpen games against Giants. They threw one in sept in that September series, and they gave up what one, that was a one run game that went in extras, wasn't it? So, again, if the Dodgers would have scored another run, then it, you know would have been different there as well. So, it's you know throwing a bullpen game is, is not conceding at at any means, and I wouldn't be you know surprised if if that's the way they go. Both Conslin, like I said, one time through a lineup, and then everyone else was ready to go. And realistically, you're not going to give up that many runs. The Dodgers had. However many bullpen games this year, I think only once or twice did they ever give up more than three runs in a game. And if you know you don't score three runs against Tisofani and uh, and a, the Giants bullpen, then you're probably not going to win that game anyways. Yeah, and I would like to emphasize again. I know I mentioned this, but I need to emphasize uh, everyone except David Price. Uh, I am not interested in a bullpen game that starts with David Price as the opener. Not in a do or die game. My my goal going into game four would be to not have David Price pitch unless the Dodgers have at least a five-run five run lead. Yeah, and uh, and the, the way he was used and the way he's been utilized, I, I doubt that. But, you know, we've seen different things before. But I don't think it's going to happen. In terms of lineup for game four, you know, Gavin Lux came in, had a really good swing on that ball. A.J. Pollock is, is still a topic of debate, even though with the good game two he had – his overall thing. But the, the other part too is, you know, AJ Pollock, we get on him, but the top of the order hasn't hit at all. Trey Turner's one for 12. I think Justin Turner's one for 12. Uh, you know, that top of the order hasn't really been hitting. Even in game two, when they scored a bunch of runs, it was the bottom of the order coming up with the big hits. So I don't think they're going to change the top of the order, but is there any changes you would make to the lineup or any buddy that you would switch in, in game four, knowing that this, Game two might have been do or die on paper for them, but this is actual do or die. Yeah, this one is do or die. I think most of the changes kind of get made for you by default uh, of having a right-hander pitching for the Giants. You know, it gets Bellinger back in the lineup. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Lux get the start after the way Lux put the bat on the ball in the ninth inning uh, and, and the way Pollock has struggled. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Lux get the start in left field. Uh, you know, I, I don't hate that idea. I, I definitely don't hate the idea of Lux starting in left, Taylor in center, and Billinger at first. Um, I think, in fact, I really like that idea. Like, like I said, you know, I, I talked about A.J. Pollock yesterday, and he had a really good season, and I'm in favor of going with the track record. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, th there is something to be said for right at the moment. And right now, Gavin Lux is hitting the ball a little bit better than AJ Pollock is. Uh, even even Pollock's two hits in Game Two, uh, you know, one was a, a hit down the right field line that he stayed on it, but he was also late on it. You know, and the other one was a, he pulled a, a slider, which you know it, it was a kind of pitch that he does sometimes swing and miss at. So that that looked good and everything, but you know, uh, save AJ Pollock, I guess for for an at bat off Jake McGee off the bench, maybe. Um, I, I think. I think Gavin Lux deserves to be in the starting lineup uh, in game four. I think that's probably their best lineup. Yeah, like I said, with the right-hander on the mound, starting Gavin Lux there is you're, you're not going to get any qualms from anyone uh, if he's playing out there in left field over A.J. Pollock. So we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, like I said, they got a lot to think about over here in the next few hours and into tomorrow or to tonight for those of you watching right now. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the path to winning this series uh, a little bit more in-depth path than, than just offense score five, six runs. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep it locked on Dodgers. 
Bet Online is the number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. They're back and they're better than ever with all eyes now on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. They've got a new updated site and interface that has even more odds, props, and contests. And Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So right now, head to head on head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device sign up today and use the promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus after your first deposit from baseball football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts Back for the final segment, just another thank you and reminder to make us your first listen every day. Locked on Dodgers available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Come hang with us. Come watch us. Come listen to us. And uh, we greatly appreciate it. All right, Jeff. So last year when the Dodgers were down 3-1 in the NLCS and I had a solo episode, uh, one of my segments, or kind of most of the episode, but one of the main segments was the path to winning this series. Last year, it was the Braves didn't have starting pitching left until other than Max Freed, and the Dodgers had their starting pitching left ready to go. This year, it's a little bit different in terms of that, but the path is still there for them to win this series and get on to the NLCS. Uh, let's go with your, I guess you're, you know, we're going to talk about the offense, but is there anything besides the offense first that you think is the biggest other path to, to winning the series? You know, it's super cliche, but you know, it's taking it one game at a time because if they can win game four, then it's down to a one game series when they have, you know, either Walker Bueller or Julio Urias going, both of whom are really, really good pitchers. And I dare say both of whom are actually better pitchers than, than first name Webb, uh, Logan, Logan Webb. Um, it's my son's name. I should be able to remember that. Um, you know, that, Bueller wasn't better than Webb in game one, but I do believe that both of them are better pitchers than Webb. Uh, so if they can win game four, it comes down to Logan Webb having to have the game of his life for the second time in five days. And, and so for me, that's the big path. Win game four, take it one day at a time, and then show up in San Francisco in game five and get the job done. That you know, It's, a, it's as simple as that. You know, the, If everybody plays the way they should, uh, they have a, a pretty decent shot of winning this thing. Yeah, it's a little bit similar parallel to last season with Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson threw the game of his life against the Dodgers in the NLCS and basically had to replicate that again in order to beat the Dodgers in advance to the World Series. And you didn't, you know, you, were, you weren't going to bank on that. That's not something that you, you take to the bank and be like, oh, yeah, Ian Anderson's going to dominate the Dodgers again. Logan Webb's not going to dominate the Dodgers again. Ian Anderson did well that game, but he still gave up two runs, and the Dodgers ended up were close enough and, and ended up you know winning that game where that's really all the Dodgers need, a couple runs here and there off, off starting pitching, preferably more against Stefani against Logan Webb. Like you said, you, you can't ask for too much, but a couple runs here and there, keep the game either close or have a lead going into the later innings. You would have Julio available if needed. You would have you know everyone in the bullpen available if needed. So, yeah, I think that that's – the, the one game at a time, and that's the approach they took last year, and I'm sure they're the approach they'll take this year. But, man, it's it really going to come down to the offense, and, and, you know, that's the easiest thing to say. But they've been shut out twice in three games so far this series, and the one game they didn't get shut out is the one they won. So, you know, not, it doesn't it's not guaranteed that if they score runs, they're going to win, but you can't win if you don't score runs. And that's really what it comes down to. 
it, it comes down to the guys that need to come through. You know, it comes to Trey Turner, it comes to Justin Turner, it comes to Corey Seager, it comes to those guys at the top of the order. That's what they're there for. That's what they're being paid to do, hit the ball at the top of the order, score runs, you know, Mookie Betts as well. And they, they just got to, I don't know what they need to do, whether, you know, they're, they're not having terrible at-bats, but they're just not having very productive at-bats. And, and even then, you know, I, there's just – get on base score runs I mean it, it's it comes down to that and it, it's pretty hard to put that into more words than it needs to be I don't know if you have any other words to, to put that out there other than just score runs yeah the the Giants have scored three runs in the last two games you know the Giants are not knocking the cover off the ball uh they they have they've scored a total of seven runs in the series Dodgers have been shut out twice and they they still have the they've still yeah, they're still winning the the run differential game in this series that I'm sure everybody loves to hear about. You know, the 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 Dodgers have what it takes to score runs. They just need to do it. And, and if they can't do it against Anthony Discafani, then yeah, they weren't going to win the series anyway. Like you said, you know, that they need to come out and set the tone. You know, get get a bunch of runs. Just kind of have a nice relaxing win in Game Four, and then. And then going to game five and, and and going back to the previous conversation, that's kind of why I lean towards saving Bueller for game five, because the Dodgers, if they don't score, they're not going to win. If they do score, they are going to win in game four. And so regardless of who pitches. So I, that's why I'm inclined to just save Bueller for game five. If there is one, uh, because if the, if the Dodgers don't score, of course, now that I said that now they'll go to the bullpen game and the bullpen will actually give up six runs or something. Uh, but now that I said that I, I unjinxed it. So, uh, but yeah, you know, offense shows up, shows up, takes it one game at a time. Dodgers win game four, and then anything can happen in one game. Yeah, and it's a lot harder than than how we just put it. But I think this is kind of the big question, and and we've seen this team over a hundred and what sixty five six games now, whatever it, it is, um, hundred sixty five six hundred sixty six. Uh, math is hard. They're, they're inconsistent. We, we've seen it here. No runs, nine runs, no runs. And it's a little bit different than teams in the past. Last year's team, you know, this year's team won 106 games. But it's probably one of the more frustrating 106-game winning team, mainly because the Giants were ahead of them and they didn't end up catching them. But also because of, like I said, they'll score 14 runs one day, they'll score zero runs the next two games, or, one, you know, combine three runs the next three games or whatever, and then they'll score another 10 runs. Whereas, you know, 2020 team, we talked about it last year, business, they were like business-like, just a lot of easy wins. The 2019 team had a lot of comeback wins. It didn't quite work out in the NLDS. 2017 team, you know, thoroughly dominated that entire year, minus the month of September. 2018 team was a little bit inconsistent, similar to this team. And it comes down to, you know, do you trust this team to, to, to do what they need to do? Do you think, you know, realistically yes we're both gonna be like yeah the Dodgers are gonna score runs and win but when it comes down to it like how confident are you right now uh I I don't know how confident I am but I'm I'm probably more confident than you just by nature of your natural pessimism in the postseason about the offense um I'll put it this way if the Dodgers can win game four game four I expect them to show Logan Webb that he can't do that two games in a row uh, if the Dodgers win Game Four, I think they win the series. That's that's what it boils down to for me. Yeah, and on it's one of those where at this point it's last year when they were down three one, I was more confident than I am now for them to win. But 
Yeah, that's also because the Braves weren't a good weren't good or weren't a good enough team compared to the Dodgers. They weren't better than the Dodgers. And the Giants, you know, re, regardless of what the odds makers say, regardless of everything, they won more games against the Dodgers head to head this year. They won more games than the Dodgers overall this year. And regardless of how we think they got there and how they're winning and, and luck and all that kind of stuff was over a 162 game season, they proved that they were, you know, better than the Dodgers, regardless of what you think. You know, odds makers still haven't felt that way because the Dodgers were the favorites going into this series. So, you know, it's the, it's big names versus the the Giants, who people still believe, you know, maybe or they're, they're going to deflate at some point or whatever the case is. And that that's the thing that I, I don't know. The Dodgers, this team has just been weird all year, and it, it would not surprise me at all to, for them to score eight runs both of these next two games and win both games rather easily. And it's not going to surprise me if they score zero runs tomorrow against Islafani in the bullpen. And and that's just the thing with this team is we don't know. But like I said, if they win game four, I'm not going to bet against them in game five at all. Yeah, the teams are very evenly matched. The Giants did have one more win in head-to-head and overall than the Dodgers in the regular season. You know me, I'm not ready to actually say the phrase the Giants were the better team. Uh, because I do think the other things, you know, the the fact that the Dodgers scored more runs and allowed fewer runs, it means something to me. You know, it, it's uh, you talk about cluster luck, all that stuff, the Dodgers being inconsistent, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I think the Dodgers are a slightly better team than the Giants. And the question is, are they better enough to win two straight games now? And and that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to find out tonight for the first part of those two games and, and hopefully the first part of those two games. So. I don't know. You got anything else, Jeff? Uh, this will wrap it up for us if, if not. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, th- this game sucked, but uh, Dodgers will put it behind them. We fans will put it behind us. And and hopefully the, the Dodgers give us something to cheer for and something to stress about for a couple days going into game five. Yeah, I definitely want to keep that stress going until Thursday at the very least. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow to talk about a Game 4 victory. Let's put it out there. Speaking into its existence, we're going to talk about a Game 4 victory and preview a Game 5 with Walker Buehler on the mound. So let's talk that all all up in there. But we're your first listen now. Make your second listen Locked On MLB with Sully, a.k.a. Paul Francis Sullivan, but don't call him that. Call him Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. His podcast is free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for us. We are Locked On Dodgers. We're here every weekday morning, uh, Monday through Friday, and you can find us on YouTube or wherever you find podcasts. We are on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. You can find me at Vince Samperio. If you want to get a hold of us, you can always leave a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-5625, or you can send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Take your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.